Welcome to our podcast. This is on the Sacrament of the Anointing of the Sick. I'm Kevin McGloin, just the plain old director of liturgy and youth ministry at St. Patrick's. And who's joining me across the table there? Well, a very young and vibrant Father Eric, the pastor here at St. Patrick's, Kevin. Okay, we'll Good vo- to see you today. Good to see you too, and we'll vote on the vibrant thing uh, after we're done with this <laughs> well, podcast to see well, how you right. did. We'll see so, how that goes. No kidding. So we're talking about the anointing of the sick today, aren't we, Kevin? We are. Boy, yeah. an important sacrament in the church, it isn't is. it? It is. In fact, just as we're getting ready to record this, Kevin, I just came from the hospital just a while ago for the anointing of the sick. Got a phone call this morning here. And I met a woman that's about 90-some years old, and she's ready to go home to be with the Lord. And she herself asked to receive that sacrament there. And then I went to the hospital and uh, met an 18-year-old boy that had just got out of surgery there. And so I went and comforted the family and anointed him with that great sacrament, Kevin. A very, very powerful sacrament. It's a sacrament that comes from the scriptures in the New Testament from the book of James. I, I think it'd probably be one of those books way in the back, Kevin. We've got to kind of dust that off a little way bit for, for us as Catholics there. huh? But the book of James talks about, you know, anointing of healing. That is there anyone sick among you to call for the presbyter, the priest of the church, to come, lay hands upon you, and anoint you? So I've been doing that for many years in my priesthood, and... Very healing sacrament, very powerful, very comforting to people. Well, you know, Father Eric, as you said, the scriptural roots of the sacrament of the anointing are sick, very clear, very clear. You pointed out uh, the New Testament passage from James, and that's from James chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. And, and here's what it says specifically. Is any among you sick? Let them call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord, And the prayer of the faith will save the sick man, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Also, you can take a look at, um, you know, Mark chapter 6, verse 13. Jesus healed the sick and commanded the disciples to do the same. And so in Mark 6, 13, it says, And they cast out many demons and anointed them with oil that were sick and healed them. So this sacrament... The sacrament of the anointing of the sick has been practiced since the early days of the Catholic Church. But its focus, it's important to note this, its focus has shifted as times. Until recently, the emphasis with the sacrament of the anointing of the sick was for the preparation for death. But in the 60s, with the Second Vatican Council, the Second Vatican Council restored an emphasis with the sacrament of the anointing of the sick on on prayer, for physical and spiritual healing for all seriously ill people. You know, Kevin, this brings up a point that Catholics, a lot of times, we're not well-formed or shaped to understand about healing. I think we really fall behind in that particular area. You're right. Many people grew up in a time believing that the time for anointing, the time for the priest to visit is when you're near death. So what do Catholics, what do Christians do when they're ill? And sometimes people can be ill for many years, Do we just twiddle our thumbs and say, well, we can't do anything until it's time uh, to die, and then we can receive the sacraments, be forgiven sins, and kind of slip into heaven, Kevin? And, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot happening there. Jesus cares about the ill. In fact, when you look at scriptures, they would say quite often, many people came from many places, bringing loved ones to go and encounter Jesus, and Jesus 
healed the sick. That's an important ministry of the church. Now, when we talk about the anointing of the sick, it just doesn't mean that no one else prays. All of us, as baptized Christians, are called to pray and watch over our ill brothers and sisters, our family members and those. And so maybe we even want to bless them uh, themselves in special ways that we've grown up or been taught as well. So our prayers also matter. But in the anointing of the sick, in that beautiful sacrament, it does represent that the entire baptized, the entire church always prays for our ill brothers and sisters. And you know, when I tell people that in the, in the hospital bed, Kevin, or in, when they're ill, they find great comfort in that. Whenever Christians gather together, we always pray for our brothers and sisters. Now, what do we offer? We offer the healing gifts of the Holy Spirit, one that I pray for over people, uh, one of patience. It takes a lot of patience in dealing with illness, especially if it's long-term, the frustration of not being able to get up and, and feel normal or live what we would call a normal life again. How about courage? Sometimes we have to live courageously, even if we feel we can't go on anymore. Trust in God that somehow he will bring out of it our eternal good. These things are very important for those who are ill to understand. But through the anointing of the sacrament of the sick, our Catholic faith carries out the mission of Jesus' compassion and healing for the sick. The one who is ill can also be a minister to others. You know, Kevin, wow. That is amazing. You and I are givers of people. We like to give things. We like to care. But many times we might say, I'm not a charity case. You, know, don't, you don't have to go worry about other people and all. But when we do that, we deny people the opportunity to be godlike. In other words, the ability to love another family member can be shown when one who is ill, who can't do things for themselves, simply say, thank you to family members, to the medical people, nurses, people who are caregivers, that's giving them the opportunity to be godlike. God's vulnerability is one where God is on the cross and allows us to serve him. And the same thing happens to us, Kevin, when we can't take care of ourselves. We allow people the gift of being godlike to others. You know, since Vatican II, Father Eric, many parishes now have communal celebrations for the anointing of the sick in which many people receive the sacrament. What was it? I believe it was last June, the Crozier Fathers were here at St. Pat's. On yes, a, on uh -huh. a, that's uh, correct. On a, a Saturday evening when the readings talked about healing, and there was probably, I bet you, close to a thousand people. Mm -hmm. I know you were there. Uh, other priests, the Crozier Fathers were there. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible that after the Mass was over with, there was probably, I'd say, close to a 1,000 people coming up for the anointing of the sick. Mm -hmm. And what that told me as I was sitting there and watching this is that so many people suffer. So many people suffer in so many different ways, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, and need that sacrament to experience the healing presence. And so these sacramental celebrations are a source of strength admit pain and weakness. It's a source of hope, admit despair, and a joyful encounter for the entire community to recognize that that sick person is just not there by themselves, laying in the hospital bed or at home, but that we as the entire community are praying for them. And so anointing with sacred oil is a sign of blessing by the Holy Spirit of one who is sick. Now the oil that is used, that's called the oil of sick, now that receives a different blessing from the chrism oil that's used during baptism, 
that's used during confirmation and holy orders. And what this does is it, it recalls the community sharing of the Holy Spirit. And so in a sense, what happens is the sick person is connected then to the entire body of, ch- of Christ, to mm-hmm. the entire church, and also at the same time to the communion of saints. Now, when we take a look at the Gospels, Christ's great compassion towards the sick is expressed in miraculous healings that he performs. And what's interesting to note is that he heals the entire person both body and soul. You take a look at some of the parables, like the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10, the parable of the judgment of the nations in Matthew uh, 25. They urge Christ's followers to share Jesus's ministry of compassion, Jesus's ministry of healing, and to imitate his preferential love for those who are sick and for those who suffer. You know, Kevin, you just mentioned the oil is used being blessed by the bishop. In the Bible, here's what we hear, that any time oil, animal fat, or mud is placed on the skin of a person, it represents an interior change that goes on inside the person. And so this anointing that we do, the anointing of the sick, does represent that interior change. And that change, first of all, might be physical. That's something to pray for, but that's not the only healing that is offered. And to be honest with you, Kevin, according to scriptures, that's not the most important healing. It's that spiritual healing, to see God in that moment, to know that we're prepared to either meet him here again on earth or in the next life, that we'll all be together in his kingdom. And so this oil then represents a change in our lives, a a conversion that constantly happened. And conversion means renewing constantly our minds and our souls and our hearts to understand that God is with us in the midst of our suffering. There's a real strange prayer that the church prays over people that I think is hard to understand but is very powerful. It says, Lord, may this person know that they have been chosen to be a saint by sharing in the suffering, with joining it for Jesus' suffering for the world. In other words, are we chosen to suffer? Well, not literally in the sense of saying, today I think I'm going to send somebody some suffering and just test them out and all. It's part of our human condition that we do get ill. That's part of our 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 consequences of living here in the world and our humanity. But what we do in our suffering, it's not useless. It's not just cruelty. It is done in union with Jesus' suffering. Jesus embraces the cruelest thing that humanity can do to kill another person through the crucifixion, the most painful way a person dies. And what we do is that we join our suffering with his for the salvation of the world. Suffering is redemptive when done in union with Christ. Without Christ, without knowing that God is with us in that minute, then suffering is cruelty and inhumane and pure stupidity. We have meaning. We don't glory in suffering. We don't look for it and say, oh, look at me, I'm suffering and all. But when it comes to us, we embrace it with courage. We embrace it to say, Lord, make some sense out of it. Use it for your will. Teach me and others what we're to learn from this suffering. And so that's how we become saints in union with Jesus' suffering. We aren't alone. We don't do this by ourselves. And like you were saying, Kevin, it's a communal gathering and journey together. And part of that, Father Eric, that communal gathering and journeying together is, is, is those people who minister, minister to the sick as well. Um, those people, uh, those who also work to, uh, to secure decent health care for all, they become a living sign of Jesus Christ in his church 
in showing love towards those who are sick and suffering. Now, while it's possible that the sacrament could bring, the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, Father Eric, it could bring physical healing. The anointing of the sick is primarily about the healing of hope and of the spirit. And above all, the sacrament allows the person who is ill to unite themselves more closely to Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, Jesus's passion. This suffering, the person who is suffering, it gives them new meaning. It gives them participation because they are more closely connected to Christ's passion. It gives them a participation in the saving work of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, this is a powerful witness that is good. It's holy for the entire church. You know, um, you and I, Kevin, will probably remember when St. Pope John Paul II was alive and how vibrant he was in the late 70s and early 80s there. Of course, in fact, he yes. even came to Phoenix. He and, did. And you served for him, too, I, I think. Did. You held a book for him. Yeah, I did. I think he said that you, you were the best book uh, bear he ever saw. I think he uh, did all say the that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and... And you know he didn't say that, <laughs> but he was very vibrant. He was athletic. He was a skier. But toward his later years, after being a pope for about twenty-five years or so, he was very ill, very frail. And yeah, very frail. And you know, it was really hard to be honest with you, watching him on TV, trying to lead. And many times, including myself and others, why doesn't he step aside? Let someone younger going on. And and you know, you can debate about that whether that turned out to be good or not. But I, it was a teaching moment for me that somehow he was teaching us that the sick, those who are ill, still have value, that God still uses them. I didn't see it at the time, and I still have to reflect and think about it, whether it was good for him or not in the end to do that, but it was a teaching moment that he taught me that you don't disregard people, push them aside when they are ill. And that's why when someone is bedridden, when someone can't do things normally themselves, when they are no longer independent but are constantly dependent on other people, they still have value. In a society at times will say, if you're not productive, then what good are you? And so I'm sitting here doing nothing. I'm not connected. And Kevin, you've been saying in your statements there that we are all in this together. And so in order to allow people to be godlike, we are good receivers, but also we can pray, we can minister from our beds, we can know that we can really know that God has an attentive ear for those who are suffering. Scripture would tell us quite clearly that God bends his ear to those who are suffering and hears them even more and offers grace. So what special blessings you can offer for your family in your suffering? Pray for those who are hurting or wounded or just need mercy in their lives or continued spiritual growth and journey in their joys as well, knowing God's with them. So you have value. Even if you're in bed and stuck and can't get out, even if the rest of your life is reminding of not being independent, but dependent on others, oh, the Pope has reminded us, you are still valuable. God still uses you. You are important to God's people. Well, you know, and that's why the church, the Catholic Church, works so hard to protect the life and dignity of the person at every stage in their life from the embryo, to the person suffering from AIDS, to the family in poverty, to the handicapped, and the person nearing death. And that's why the church works to secure and have access for decent health care to all. The church sees all life from what they, kind of that saying, from the womb to the tomb, 
that all life is holy, all life is sacred. And I think as you talked about with uh, St. John Paul II in his, his, his later years, you saw that. You saw that the church saw that his life was valuable, that all people's lives, even on their deathbed, is holy and sacred, and that, that you know, that they, they still have holiness and goodness to them. And so, you know, to, getting back to, to the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, it doesn't guarantee that every sick person will be healed in a particular way. Mm-hmm. You know, like you talked about the woman who you just anointed. She's, you know, she's ready to meet the Lord. She requested the sacrament. You know, there might be a healing, maybe not a physical healing that takes place, but there might be a healing of of hope, of peace, of joy that she's ready um, to meet the to, to meet Jesus and to meet the Lord. And for us to recognize that God's ways are above our ways and that God will often allow sickness or suffering to continue, and yet God works in a deeper way in that person that we may not see or experience or know about. Yeah, Kevin, there's a lot to reflect on. In, in my 30-plus years as a priest there, many times just anointing people in all different, different types of ways. Um, some of the things that have happened there have been real miracles, and I've had a number of people in my time, whose body has been riddled with cancer. And after that anointing, they come back and they're cancer-free. The doctors don't understand what's happening there. Sometimes that does happen, and sometimes it doesn't. But God always has a hand in it. And it's that humble reminder, Kevin, that I think all priests and all ministers uh, of those who go and care for the sick there is that God is the one who uses us. It's not the priest doing anything magical. It's just being present and accompanying people on their journey. I would encourage everyone, please not wait till the last minute. In talking with your loved ones in there, reassure them that it's God who wants to be present in their suffering, in their illness. It's assuring them that God is a merciful God, that even if they physically die, God is ready to embrace them and to not be afraid. This is a sacrament that also comforts people as well. You know, Kevin, uh, sometimes um, I remember reading years ago about a priest magazine that talked about what we can do to to help the families that are suffering with them. I love when I go there and the families gathered after the loved one. Much better than having a person say, Father, go in by yourself and kind of do your thing. You want to be gathered together because it's a holy thing uh, being together with the family there. But at times we also anoint the caregiver. There might be a a husband or wife who's been walking this long illness there. They need anointing too, and so I also anoint them because it's praying for their healing because it is tiring to care for a sick child, a sick family member, a sick spouse, someone you really care about, and you journey with them. You too should read that sacrament. So some priests might do that, and I looked at it, and I thought, wow, I never thought about that. And from then on, I've always tried to anoint people who are on that long journey. So if you can encourage them not to wait till the last moment, thinking that it's only meant for death, but that God wants to be with them now, always try to be positive, and I'm sure the priest will help you. Here at St. Patrick's, Kevin, people can ask for the sacrament any time. After any Mass, myself and other priests that are here, we're free when people come. And, and our parishioners have been taught about it and well-trained that afterwards they even bring their family and friends, parishioners, into the sacred room where we anoint them. They get it. 
And they do that often. And then they bring people who they know, maybe even been away from the church for a while or just ill or who they encounter in the pews. So it's beautiful. It's a great sacrament, Kevin, and you're absolutely right. It's a powerful sacrament of healing. And whatever kind of healing it is, God brings out of it our eternal good. You know, Father Eric, there's a beautiful passage in uh, 2 Corinthians where St. Paul writes, Therefore we are not discouraged. Rather, although our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to what is seen, but to what is unseen. For what is seen is transitory, but for what is unseen is eternal. And so this text in the New Testament from Paul exhorts Christians to rejoice in their sufferings and to consider them in a, sh a sharing in the suffering of Christ. So first and foremost, our God is a healing God. Our God often responds to the prayer of Christians and works through the sacrament of the anointing of the sick to restore those to health those who are suffering. And we as Catholics see the power of God manifest as they pray for the sick with expectant faith and call upon healing power through this sacrament. One thing we don't want to forget, Kevin, about this is that included in this sacrament is the forgiveness of all sins. And the reason for that is, is that sin can blind us to God working through moments even these difficult moments at that time. Now, when we talk to the person, it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. I remind the family that it just means that, you know, sometimes people carry things in their hearts that they tell no one, not even their spouse or anyone, that they're carrying this heavy wound. And to learn to know that you're forgiven and to let it go, especially if people are knowing that anytime soon they may go see the Lord, they can be freed from that burden and enter it into real peace. So it doesn't mean that your loved one is a bad person and there's it happens to be a sin that 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 uh, is going to keep them from heaven. It's really reminding them of the mercy. So it is a good sacrament and it's a very healing sacrament. And so we encourage you at any time to be able to call the priest. That's better to err on that side rather than thinking, oh, I don't know if I should or they're going to waste their time. It never is. No, not at all. Not at all. Many priests know that because that's who we minister to. And as you mentioned, Kevin, that's Jesus' mission, and we carry in that. Everyone, thank you for listening. We hope this has been helpful. Keep listening to our podcast. Kevin, a great joy to see you here. We want to thank Kelly Hartley, our what do we call you? Our engineer, technician, sound person? Just in she charge. Does it all. She's That's in right. charge. Thank you, Kelly Hartley. We appreciate all your work on that. And listen again, everyone. Have a great day.